Hello. Hello there. Mm. How are you doing today? Ah, I was sleeping until four minutes ago. That's the way we like to do it here on Rec Diffs. We go directly from nap to recording. Oh, man, I'm out of it. I didn't even set an alarm. I thought, no way am I going to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And here I am. Oh, I think that's, on, that's right on the top of your podcasting checklist is item number zero. <sighs> Wake up. Hmm. Hmm. D-O-C-S. Docs.google.com. I'm opening... Do you know the, I think we talked about it on the show. Do you know the DNS aliases that somebody bought that have Google Docs integration? Um, is it sheets.com or something like that? So you can go uh, document.new. And if you type that, it makes a new Google Doc in whatever your signed is. Signed uh. in thing. I think you can do sheet.new or whatever. Anything. They're just host names. But uh, if you are perpetually logged into Google and Google Docs, uh, sometimes it's quicker than trying to find where the, how to create a new document in the Google Docs if you just have an empty, you know, browser window. Just have document.new and hit return. I'm so glad there's still uh, forces for good in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody's out there trying. Um, so let me see if you snuck anything in here. I don't think you did. Oh, right. Yes, there's that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's, um, we're, we're back. Um, I... <laughs> hey, uh, we're awake. We're yeah. awake. Oh. I made some internet ramen and then I went to, uh, I laid down on the, on the couch, you know, here at the office, my private office. And, uh, mm-hmm. I was, I was just, uh, you know, reading my iPad and I totally fell asleep. Does your office couch have thin mm. cushions? It's got this, uh, pretty thin. You mean like in terms of like how thick? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just thinking like, yeah, you're, um, I don't know if this is a thing from my slash our childhood, but I always seem to recall like couches in places other than people's living rooms. Like if you had an office couch, for example, mm-hmm. yeah, the the cushions, they would be, you know, boring 70s styles cushion, which is some kind of squishy material completely encased in fabric with like that bead around the top and bottom. You know what I yeah. mean? Like yeah. all around the top. Right. But they would be like half the thickness of cushions you would expect in like a living room couch uh i think i've told you about this couch this is a couch that was acquired in florida by my ex-wife and i discovered when we moved the couch when we bought our burrow uh couch whatever i don't know how long ago two years ago whenever it was we brought i brought this one to the office and i, I knew it was old but what i didn't know is it's older than i am mm. oh that's right that's right yeah i think it's from me, like yeah. may of 1966 it's really it's gross and it <laughs> is it's really Really gross. I've I've done some, uh, you know, I'm very into those uh, uh, detailing videos now. It's one of my new mm-hmm. obsessions, and uh, so I've uh, done some detailing style work on it, and I still think it might be giving me some kind of a fungus. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, but it's it's very comfortable. It's just nice to lay down on. I think it's pretty thin. It's pretty beat up. Um, I'd like to set one of those uh, like that that uh, detail guy. I like that guy. The the D- detail geek. I think his name is. I want to set that guy loose on this thing. I'd like to see what he could do with it. It's uh, just the right length. It's a perfect length to lay down on for a little guy like me. And you know, I just uh, uh, uh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's vintage fungus yeah. though. So I guess so. Like you know, like revolver era fungus, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fine. It's <clears throat> it's nice to have here. Uh, I don't like to think about it a lot. Uh, it's not really, you know, uh, 
inhabitable, you know, by humans. <laughs> I'll probably wake up by the time we're done. Hey, everybody, we're back, um, mostly. And uh, this is one of our uh, bonus episode weeks uh, where there's bonus content. And because I just woke up nine minutes ago, I, I'm not sure what that'll be. I imagine we'll talk about college at some point. Yeah, that probably, well, here, we keep trying to talk about college and we keep to end up talking about other stuff. And I just felt myself right now about to go off on a big thing that could be an entire show topic. Anyway, I did try to plan something for the after show. You've got a piece of follow up here that we've got to talk about. Yeah, we'll get to it. But anyway, for right. after right. show, I honestly, if you're, if you're listening to this, I don't <sighs> actually know what the after show is going to be. What I have planned for the after show is we could still revisit my Eliminator pin story from six months ago because it's perfect after show content because most people don't care, but the people who really care might care. Oh, this, this is the persistence of the document that you talk about. That's it's right, all, if it's yeah. in the document, it could come up anytime. Yeah, it could. And, you know, but like at this point, there's so much buildup that it can't probably live up to the hype. But anyway, that assumes that we even get through what we think we're going to get through in the main show, which historically for the past two episodes has not been the case. So all I'm saying is we don't know where this is going. Whatever's in the show is in the show. We're doing our yeah, best that's here. That's true. We just woke up. Uh, um, I mean, almost 11 minutes. But, you know, uh, you know, you, you don't want to you don't want to, uh, you know, crush the bunny. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> so, you know, we'll just we'll follow it wherever it may go and we'll see. But, you know, if you if you like the show, thanks. You know, um, <laughs> if you like the show, you can keep the show. That's yeah, exactly just like. Yeah. Yeah. Rap Rock Obama said that you go uh, you can go to relay.fm uh, slash RD. Maybe they can sponsor an app. You know, maybe um, I could I could think about something they tell me to think about. Maybe I, I dream about it, something like that. And then you write it down, and then we talk about it on the show. It's a circle of life. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. What 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 Groggy Merlin is trying to tell you is that if you yeah. go to FM slash RD, you can huh. uh, become a member, a Really FM member. And if you mm. become a member, then you get access to the special member feed, and that is the feed that's going to have the special bonus content. If you don't become a member, you will just hear the regular show. Are you are you usually this full of beans or am I just less beaned? You are slow right now. The velocity, the startup velocity, you talk about this with Alex all the time. All right, go easy. So I'm, yeah. I am absolutely at a higher velocity than you because you just woke up. Yeah, you seem full of beans. Yeah, but you seem fuller fuller bean than usual. No, I'm, I don't know. Maybe it's a beanie day for me. I don't know. Hmm. All right. Uh, it's the podcast. Good, good. You're catching um, up. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. We don't know what the challenge is, but... You know, we'll stick with. I like the camera talk. I thought it was fun. Yeah, me too. We talked a lot about cameras last. I don't know if you remember. We talked about cameras. Mm -hmm. I I ordered one more thing. Speaking of camera follow up. Oh, um, ding ding. One as if I hadn't bought everything you could possibly buy related to cameras. I decided after uh, much review of uh, suggested links and videos from other camera people that maybe I should consider the idea of a backpack size bag so it's basically a backpack but it's a backpack designed specifically to hold cameras <laughs> and camera stuff it's like a dog shaped dog a back backpack shaped backpack yeah it's just a backpack like it's not anything it's not a you know if you look at it you wouldn't say that's a camera bag it just literally looks like a backpack but inside right. it's got little dividers and things meant to hold cameras and lenses so i don't know which is going to work like before i was talking about having a camera in a in my holster and having my lenses and their little things and then putting them in my regular backpack I'm going to consider the possibility of maybe, you know, taking out, cutting out the the middle bag there and just having a backpack that directly <laughs> holds camera stuff. That's the challenge. Um, I, I guess I was thinking about this and didn't realize it. It depends on like what the, I mean, we talked about some of your uh, desires. One would be that it not look like an expensive, like you, you wanted a Jansport style, cheapy looking mm -hmm. uh, thing. But I mean, is, are you going to be, 
carrying it around on your back while you're camera-ing? Or is it just a, a means of getting it from one place to another? Do you need to access stuff fast that's not in the holster? No, it's just a transport. It's not like I'm going to whip the thing out of it. It's entirely for transport. And the other requirement was that it can't just hold camera stuff because it has to hold, you know, the idea is like the beach application has to hold like, you know, random beach stuff too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. This might be, you know, I just, I, I ordered one camera backpacky thing. It hasn't come yet. We'll see how it turns out. I, um... My backpack's really, really big. I have a Tom Bin brain bag, Tom Bin brain bag, which is very big, probably too big. And I really do put too much stuff in it. And I ended up getting a uh, Tom Bin also makes one called the Cynic that I kept hearing about. So I, I went with try the Cynic and I am having the hardest. Is, is that a Freudian thing? Like you, you saying it sound you, the way you say it sounds like the word C-Y-N-I-C, but that's uh-huh. not how that's spelled right. It's spelled like Cynac, mm. like Wyatt. Mm-hmm. But you yeah. said cynic. Hmm. Yeah. I, I might have said it wrong. Uh, I woke up 14 minutes ago. Right, I anyway, think go on. Your, your cynical backpack. Go on. Okay. Um, it's, um, I think it's named after somebody who works there, I feel like. Anyway, they have been getting a couple different sizes. And uh, it's very clever. The design is terrific. It's just that it's it's so hard to adjust. I remember at one point, I feel like I remember in the early 80s, my mom had, she'd had some, some really bad like injuries. Like she fell down some steps and she had uh, all these different like, like back and neck injuries. She was in constant pain. And one thing was her, uh, I think her, her real like GP was like, like, is that the purse that you carry around all the time? And she's like, yeah, He's like, you've got to stop carrying that purse. And, she, had, she had a George Costanza purse. Mm-hmm. But it was like the golden age of those like huge purse. You get a big purse, like big mom purse. purse. Yeah. Mom purse. purse, but like, yeah, it would have like, uh, of course, it had to be like monogrammed or you know have initials on it. It was like a, it was like a pocketbook. It's not a purse. A purse makes it sound dainty. A pocketbook, hmm. like a big thing where there was like layers to it. Whereas you really wanted to stick a gum, you could go down there and eventually find one. Yeah, probably. Yeah, like Carl's bed or something. But it was real big, and uh, of course, she wouldn't do it. And I'm having a hard time. And I, I like the Cynic. It's it's nice. Uh, it's very clever. It's got like an area where you could put like a got a separate like water area. Like not like a dromedary, not like a you know, not like not like a camel toe, but you know one of those uh, you know. But it's a big backpack, but it's not as big as the one I've got. I find it a very difficult adjustment. But I think as with closets, in the same way that nobody ever has a closet with nothing in it. In fact, it is probably full of things. Most of our closets. I think a bag's the same way. You fill it, and so I, I put so many, I put so many things in my bag. And if I'm being honest with myself, the amount of stuff that I carry around. Day to day, especially given that I am literally around the corner from where I live, it's it's nuts. There's nothing that I couldn't just scoot home and get. But I've got this whole complement of stuff. But then the one time I don't take my origami, uh, like little uh, everything in one bag, like that's when I I forget that you know that's where my two um, FA dingus is that I wanted for this one thing or whatever. I don't know the answer, but you know you can also get one of those things like the little local ladies have here. You know, to to reel around like the, the you put your recycling in or or your your bok choy, you can get one of those rolly carts. That'd be a good look for you. You get it with those big sand wheels. So when you go to go to the Robert Moses beach, beach, you'd be able to like be on the on the sand. Have you thought about that? Like some kind of a rolling cart? No, you can't use rolling. That's that's not the way to go. It could be, could be. You, you could be I mean, like not one for, of those. Not for my application. I don't want to be rolling. Yeah, through the sand. That's why you roll a cooler. But anyway, I'm looking at this backpack. This is a very handsome looking backpack. Oh, the Cynic? 
Yeah, it's also horrendously expensive. Mm, all right. Um, but it's no, it's very nice. Very, mm. I really, I like this. I like this better than a lot of the peak design ones, which I find look awkward. You ever owned a Tom Bin backpack? I have not. The first one I ever got was, I believe, a brain bag. And if you look at a brain bag, they're like they're ridiculously big, and and they're neat because they sell like little you know things for it. Like you can get this meshy insert thing that you can put in pens or like index cards in my case or whatever. You know, uh, and I mine has a what's it called? It's not it's called like a Freudian slip or something. It's got some kind of like a big uh, a big uh, boxy padded dingus for when I used to have a, a really big uh, MacBook Pro. Anyhow, I got one of those definitely before my kid was born. But uh, I mean, it, it's it's sort of like a Honda. It's crazy how long these things are built like a brick poop house. And they did really do last forever. The only real sort of, uh, the only way you could even tell the age of the two brain bags that I've had, because I got one as a Christmas present before the other one was even dead. Um, it was like sun damage, like it gets, you know, sort of faded over time. But also the, the zipper might get like a tiny bit of thready unraveling. But, you know, it's got the big, the, the big ass, what are they called? YYZ? Is that the Rush song? It's got those really <laughs> yeah. nice zippers on it. You know, you know it's good if it's got one of those really big heavy duty zippers i guess what i'm saying is yes they're expensive but uh they're they're costly but not expensive i don't think they cost more than it's worth uh in the sense that they um they're they're really 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 well made brain bag brain bag is not as handsome as the mm. as the cynic i think you were pronouncing it correctly i didn't Sinek, know how spell well, well, like wyatt uh-huh yeah. yeah uh gosh i hope you find something that you like yeah, I'm going to the world. I didn't, the one I got was not particularly expensive. So I'm like, if I don't like it, it's just a backpack that I didn't like. But I'm, I, the act, my actual backpack is an L.L. Bean backpack, which they probably don't make anymore because L.L. Bean's really been going downhill. But this L.L. Bean backpack, it's also probably older than my kids. It's, it's, yeah. It's very, uh, you know, very solid. Well, even like, so we used to, um, when my daughter had school to go to, she would always get a new backpack uh, at the beginning of the year, sometimes every other year because my wife she gets an idea in her head. At one point, she decided that you can only get a backpack every other year. And I don't understand. It's not that expensive. We were going to the Pottery Barns, you know, Pottery Barn. They make a nice backpack. You get you can get the Harry Potter one. She had the space-themed one. We had the whole suite of, of space-themed things. Um, I don't know. Have we ever talked here about my, my theory about bag in a bag? Have we ever talked about that? I think I feel like maybe on Dubai Friday, I've talked about bag in a bag. I think on, on uh, Roderick on the line, you've talked about bag in a bag. Oh, I probably have. It's a very important concept to me. And I have to say, I think it is especially important. You, you, you've got to stop talking about backpacks because we've got other things to talk about. But but uh, I think bag in a bag is important to what you're doing here. I think there is, and I'll tell you why, I think there is a consideration of like, oh, I should get like something bespoke. Like, you know, like a fancy, like, uh, I don't know, like some kind of uh, eugenic terrorist would have in the 70s, where it's like got the foam in it and everything fits in it and da 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 da. And I could see how that's appealing for somebody who, who's like, you know, it's full of like SM57s or something for like microphones that you take on the road. But the downsides of an over engineered bag is that, well, you got to find the right balance. If it's over engineered, then it's not really flexible. But if it's under, under not to say under engineered if you don't you go with a bag in a bag type system you're gonna drive yourself nuts so with suitcases that's the most critical example of bag in a bag i got bags and bags and bags and don't make the joke but you know what i'm saying it's traveling all the way down 
You know what I'm saying? Like you got you if you if you have a suitcase, you don't want to just throw a bunch of clothes in there, even if it's folded. I think having like you know something like packing cubes, things like that, make it very doable. So I'll like have this thing. This has got my like t-shirts in it. This has got like you know pants and shorts in it, etc. This has got socks in it, and. In that case, the bag in the bag becomes powerful because even like if you're obviously if they have to go through your stuff at the airport, for example, back when we used to travel, I think we did, you know, back when my daughter had school, um, you're not going to get everything all messed up. But also stuff like living out of a suitcase becomes much easier if you got bag in a bag. And the reason I say that here is I think that kind of compartmentalization would be really smart. And this is I'm kind of playing off the whole um uh, what's his name? George Costanza. Who's the seven words you can't say? George Carlin. The George Carlin thing of a place for your stuff. You know that bit? Vaguely. He has a bit about you need a place for your stuff. And like he has this really funny bit you know, from the 70s where it's like, oh, you know, you get your stuff at your house and then you take some of your stuff somewhere else. You got your stuff and then there's stuff and there's stuff and stuff and more and more stuff. I think that's beneficial here. So you could have like an Uber bag that's maybe not quite a suitcase, but something that's got a whole bunch of your, your things in it. And then inside that, you could have something like a cynic style backpack. And then inside of that, you know what I'm saying? That way, you're going to have your lenses, it sounds like, probably in something like the Sigma cases. And uh, and I'm, I'm just really, I'm somebody, I love those little gear bags. I love the little, like, um, uh, North Face makes a really nice little, they call it like a mini duffel, I think. These tiny little water-resistant bags. I'm just saying, I think you will have a lot of flexibility if you aren't wedded to a single bespoke bag for all the things, if you, you might want your beach stuff, your non-camera stuff to be in its own little bag in the bag is what I'm saying. Yeah. Most of these camera, camera backpack things are pretty much on the same page as you. Like there's one common item to many of them, which is what they call a camera cube, which is a bag in a bag. Like you, hmm. it comes with the backpack, but you buy a backpack and what you're getting is essentially just an entirely empty backpack with nothing in it. And then a camera cube, which is a sub bag, which itself has flexible dividers in it that you're supposed to, you know, has some additional protection. And then it has like those little Velcro dividers and you build, you build your sub bag for your camera. And then there's places for lenses to go. And then, like you said, the beach stuff being separate. A lot of these have, depending on one of the 8,000 zippers that you enter into it, there is like a, an inner bag inside mm-hmm. the bag for the stuff that's not the camera cube. So there's your second bag. And then all right. of them have a lap a padded laptop pouch, right? Because they all just assume you need your laptop. So that's another sub bag. And, you know, and then, the, of course, like the reviewer I was watching was like, here are these big pockets, but I don't recommend you put anything in the big pocket. They're totally on your page with like the, this is the pocket where all like your dongles would go, but don't Mm-mm. put your dongles in this pocket. No. Get a bag for your dongles and put the dongle bag in the pocket. It's all... No, it, I think this this technology is has thoroughly penetrated the industry. I, I, John, I don't have the document open in front of me. Could you please write write down back in the back? This is an extremely important, and I, you got to quit talking about this, but because we've got other things to talk about. But this is an extremely important concept. So here's what I'm going to tell you about this: is that uh, is that when I go through uh, one of my mania, uh, one of my projects, as you say, um, and I am carrying a lot of camera stuff back and forth. Like, let's be honest, what I went through with, you know, when I got the black magic and all the things and I'm setting up the lights, I got all this, man, I really benefited from bag in a bag and sometimes bag in a bag in a bag. Because think about how many dongle sized things you end up needing for a camera. You know, it's really like, if you think about all the kipple in your house, you know, there's a phenomenon phenomenon when you're moving and like you move all the big furniture and you're like, well, almost done. You're like, uh-uh, uh-uh. 
you got so far to go because every little tiny thing in a drawer has to has to go somewhere. And I feel like, you know, it's that Bill Gates thing again, like 90% of the packing is going to be your lenses and big stuff. And the other 90% is going to be what? Camera cards. It's going to be um, an SD adapter. Uh, you know, all these, there's just so many things like that. And that's where you get into like these little ones. What's this? Dang it. What is the name of this company? I've got these ones that are like crazy lightweight, totally structure free. They're like basically almost like parachute silk. I forget. I'll, I'll find out what they're, what it's called, but those are great for just like stuff. You don't need to sweat very much, but then there's all kinds of like just very lightly padded bags. John, write that down. Cause we should talk about this. This, this is a very important concept. Not today. You got to quit talking about backpacks. All right. I wrote down bag in a bag. It's on there. Is it on there? Did you do it in a weird way? Well, I know what it means. Let's go. Look. I mean, I don't know. Where'd you Who put it? Say? Make it a mini topic? Where'd you put it? Yeah, put it in a mini. Put it, oh, bag in a bag. Okay. We could really use line numbers. We've got to work on this whole document. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Instabug. You can learn more about Instabug right now by visiting try.instabug.com slash diffs. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I know a lot of you folks are out there and, and you're building mobile apps, right? You're out there, you're developing, right? And we know that presents some challenges, bugs, crashes, performance issues. These can just be a nightmare for developers. But what if you could not only detect all these issues, but understand the quality of your app from your user's point of view? That's, that's where Instabug comes into it. Because Instabug's lightweight SDK grabs all the insights that you need to build quality apps through comprehensive bug and crash reports performance monitoring, and real-time user feedback, and that's all in one SDK. With Instabug, you can continuously monitor and measure the performance of your app as perceived by your users. You can also engage with your users by letting them report issues and ask questions right, right from inside the app. You get all the information you need about bugs, crashes, other issues, and you can fix those issues in record time, all with a focus on privacy and security. And you don't have to worry about the hassle of switching to a new tool. It, it only takes a minute to integrate Instabug into your app, and, and it'll fit right in with uh, whatever workflow yeah, you prefer. You know, it's got support for Jira, Slack, Trello, GitHub, Zendesk, or whatever you use to handle issues. And please, please do handle your issues. I, I know I need to handle my issues. I should, I should probably try Instabug. But, you know, the point is that you can go and you can join over 25,000 top mobile developers around the world who are using Instabug to ship high-quality apps. So, so why would you not do that? Just go right now. Please go to try.instabug.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. Try.instabug.com slash diffs. G- give them a shot and start building those apps. Make them, make them good, you know, SDK. Our thanks to Instabug for supporting reconcilable differences and all of Relay FM. Um, John, uh, please tell me about this follow-up. I, I ran into this this morning and I was like, you've got to be kidding. Tell, tell me about this follow-up and how in the hell did this happen? Yeah, I don't know if this person wanted me to read their follow-up verbatim, so I will just uh, summarize it. Um, you want to leave out their, oh, you leave out their name? Um, no, so uh, we, uh, last episode we talked about RFC 1178, which is entitled, what, How to Name Your Computers or something like that? Mm-hmm, Yeah. And the author of that RFC <laughs> wrote into the program. <laughs> how how did this person find out that you talked about it? So I don't know the answer to that question, but let me tell you, I'm going to have a little moment for myself here because mm. you do, good, you do good many for you. podcasts. You should do that. You yeah. should do that. Yeah. You, you do many different podcasts and on many uh-huh. of them, 
you 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 don't play this up or even really mention it that much, but it is a thing that is known that a lot of like semi real world famous people know you and listen to your podcast. Now, sometimes that's music people through your connection with John Roderick and your own. That's not really people, things. though. Yeah, but but still, and you know, people in the comedy world, and anyway. Sometimes actual real famous people know you and listen to your podcast. And so very often, you know, like if if someone was to say, let's say, right into uh, one of your podcasts uh, to, to mention something, you could probably know by looking at who they are, say this is somebody that Merlin brought to the table here because Merlin is travels in these circles. <laughs> Merlin, Merlin used to yes. be Merlin man. Right. Yes. And maybe if they're, you know, any an indie rock band from Canada. I don't know. I, ha- mm-hmm. I don't know half these people, but it's clear that they are, in fact, actual famous people. Um, here's who I bring to the program. I bring to the program the author of RFC 1178, and I am very proud of that because, uh, but did, Don, did, did, did this person hear the actual episode? You don't know this. So what I do know. Word got back name, to, the, person, to the author. Yeah, this person's name is Don Liebes, L-I-B-E-S. I hope mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, and he mentioned in his email to me that he listens to ATP and Hypercritical. So I'm taking credit for this person, whether or not this person actually listens to Rectus. Oh no, con gusto. Yeah, you know, you, you win this one. This is, this is on your, on your board. I finally brought a famous person to the table and it is the author of RFC 1178. And, and I, I hope if you ever chat with uh, Mr. Don again, uh, please let him know I'm a fan. And I think it stands up very well. I think it stands up very well to, to time. And if you haven't read RFC 1178, shame on you. Go read about it. Yep. So we had a, a bit of a telltale. He did mention that, like, you know, this was obviously written a long time ago and what I said about uh, the, the the importance of having interesting naming schemes for naming your computer is being less so now than it was then is certainly true. Uh, but he had a story to tell about the fact that when he published this, he wanted to include a far side comic <laughs> in the RFC. And mm-hmm. it's the it, it's so weird that among a certain set of people, I can refer to a far side comic and people will go, oh, yeah, I know that one. But I believe that is plausible. Anyway, it is the one where there's a person on his front lawn and he's <laughs> on, he's got a paint wet paintbrush in his hand. And in the background is a tree and the, on, on the tree is painted, presumably that he painted with his paintbrush, the tree. And then there's a house behind him and it says the house. And then the door on the house says the door on it. And the dog is on the lawn and the dog has the dog painted on the side. The cat has the cat. And on the person, it says shirt and pants. And the caption is now that should clear a few things up around here person had labeled everything with what they are this is the mm-hmm. far side comic that don wanted to use and the rfc unfortunately uh the, the syndicate that controls the rights of the far side wouldn't allow the comic to be used in the actual rfc but apparently this is the nist what is that national institute of standards and technology something like that me yeah, as like an engineering group kind of thing sort of like a yeah. uh, I, I i triple whatever that kind of thing i thought it was a government thing the nist is a government thing Oh, okay. National Institute of Standards. Yeah, National Institute yeah, of Standards and Technology, right? Uh, it's right on the thing. Anyway, uh, they would uh, cover the costs for it to appear in the communications of the ACM. So it costs $400 for the rights to use this far side comic only in the in its capacity when this thing was published in, in the communications of the ACM, which is a trade journal for computing stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but wouldn't allow it to be used, you know, in, in the actual RFC that you can find online. So. So Don suggested that we link to the original, which includes the Farside comic and better typesetting. And we'll put that link in the show notes. Yep. Thank you, Don, for listening. And thank you for telling us. It. Thank you, Don. And thank you for using Cold Fusion. We appreciate We really do appreciate it. <laughs> for telling us a fun story about an Application.cfm.don. I mean, 
the RFCs are kind of, uh, I mean, most people don't care about them who are youngsters or whatever, but for older people whose introduction to the internet was not a wet through a web browser, but was through the more arcane mm-hmm. text-based versions of the internet, RFCs existed as kind of like these, these tomes, these ancient texts that outlined, uh, you know, how things worked on the internet that you could read and learn about, Hey, how does mail work? How does SMTP work? How does TCP IP work? You know, like, right. like DNS, like you could read an RFC f- from back when these things were first proposed and implemented. Uh, and it wasn't that long ago when we were reading them, but you know, in the, in the grand scheme of computer time, if something's from the seventies, it might as well be ancient. And if you're reading about it in the nineties, um, you don't tend to think of people having written the RFCs. They're just kind of like stone tablets that the ancients right, right, created. Right. I, I assume the apostle Paul or possibly Moses wrote it. Right, but there you go. An actual person who wrote this RFC, or you'd assume the person who wrote it is dead. Sorry, Don, I don't know how old you are. but <laughs> Hey, like, you know, um, bring us up to speed on this because I've always been aware of these these sorts of things. And I I mean, I might be just, I can't give you a, I can't give you a chapter and verse on this, but I've always enjoyed reading these sorts of things as dry as they are. I do find that they are generally clear and unambiguous, you know, pretty easy to understand. I think the typesetting is kind of interesting, the kind of old school basic typesetting, you know, nerd feeling to it. Uh, request for comment, correct? Mm-hmm. T- t- talk about this. Talk about what what world are we talking about here? What, when does somebody decide I need to get a, an RFC out? And what kinds of things are we talking about? Have you ever been involved in anything like this? Because like you, I assume they came down from Mount, uh, not Ararat, that's, uh, that's the Ark, right? Uh, wherever Moses, you know, brought his bush down, his pair of bushes. Mount Sinai? I think so. That might be a cancer it's hospital. A hospital, yeah. Oh, it might be St. Jude. Tell tell me um, if you can say uh, what 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 are we talking about here? It, it's not like people meeting in rooms, right? I mean, it might be something that like what 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 is this for? And at what level of officialness and to whom do things like RFC? G- g- give me the rundown on this. Well, so as someone who came on the internet in the 90s, I have a limited understanding of this because, like I said, it seemed like just an ancient text. I came on the internet a lot in the 90s, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, and the, when I first ran across these, it was clear there was such a thing called RFC and then some number. And that if you were to look up, if you were to read them, it is, is, as you said, there is a format, there is kind of a spec and it was sort of that, you know, just ASCII art monospaced, carefully indented with spaces to fulfill a certain format that would explain to you things that were useful to know about the internet. When I first encountered them, I had no idea what RFC stood for, but I assumed it was, if I imagined what it would stood for. Or what it meant was something like, this is the official document that describes how SMTP works. This is the official Mm -hmm. document that describes how, you know, DNS works, right? But then I learned fairly shortly after that, that RFC doesn't stand for super official document, whatever French backwards adjective ordering thing, right? (laughs) You know. Oh, you mean like Agence France Press, that kind of thing? No, like all the things that are like... uh, like SAE or whatever, or, or, or the the international standards, whatever. It's not international standards. Oh, like, I, like ISO or something. Yeah. Was, well, no, was that one is actually in the correct order. There's a bunch of mm. ones that only make sense in English if you read them backwards, because they're actually French. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. anyway, when I learned RFC stood for request for comment, I'm like, that's the opposite of my view of an RFC. An RFC is not a request for comment. An RFC is a stone it should tablet. should be more like request for, request for canonization. But not even that. It's not a request for anything. Like, this is a stone tablet. This is not Oh, maybe like, it's, oh, I see what you're saying. It might be in Latin. I get like, it. Like, you know, this is not like, oh, hey, I have an idea. What do you think of this? This is like, no, this is officially how it's going to be. Now, obviously, you know, because they're written by people or whatever, like, and I, I don't understand the cultural process that 
these come from, but it's clear that the original intention was, uh, here's an idea, Let's here, this is the idea we're discussing, right? So the, mm -hmm. the proposal is, we think this should be like this, and let's all discuss it, and they would work on it together. I honestly have no idea where the original RFCs came from, and today I'm assuming the IETF, Internet Engineering Task Force, is potentially involved with RFCs, but honestly I don't even know the answer to that. So I have not, I don't know how these came to be, and I don't know if there is a place today where new RFCs are coming down the line. Like I've seen things on like, well, I've seen a lot of like proprietary ones from Google when they're with their. There used to be fewer places on the internet. Let's let's definitely say that there were places you would just run into over and over again because there were usually like might have been like um, like St. Louis or in Washington. There were certain there were certain places where like in my case, uh, I mean, I was I'm pretty late to the game, so for me it was stuff like Gopher. Archie Veronica, kind of stuff like that. Or FTP sites. I mean, I still know how to go to prep.ai.mit.edu and stay, and change directory to pub slash GNU and find like wow, just you know, memorize the directory. To get like a man, like a man file or something. Oh, no, you could get that's where you get uh, the latest version of tar that you needed on the machine that you had because it didn't oh, have GNU tar. It just had the crappy proprietary tar that came with your crappy ancient version of AX, and you wanted GNU tar because it's better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm at uh, rfc-editor.org, and of course, I went straight into RFC 7322, that's 7322, from September 2014, uh, which is the RFC style guide. This document describes the fundamental and unique style conventions and editorial policies currently in use for the RFC series. Ooh, I like the sound of that. It captures the RFC editor's basic requirements and uh, offers guidance uh, regarding the style and structure of an RFC. So it's an RFC about RFCs, John. Yeah, and I feel like the RFC is like the, this site offers it in multiple formats. You can get PDF and HTML, but the text one, by which they mean plain text using spaces to beautifully format everything. Yeah, it's going to be like a setter and awk thing. Look at this. Look at this. I'm going to send this to you. Look how pretty this is. I see I'm better justification right in some of these documents than I do on my Kindle. That's for damn sure. I mean, this is this is a, it's not going to say a lost art. It is, it is a no longer necessary art for the most part, but anyone who spent a lot of time on Usenet appreciates the skill and discipline required to essentially mm -hmm. do page layout in pure ASCII with monospace. How, how do they do this? Is it, I mean, I'm just pulling out my butt, but I'm thinking of like said, is there some formatting? How do they make this so pretty? There, there are utilities that would essentially do this for you. Mm -hmm. The same way you could like uh, have code, uh, like if you have code requirements, like or code standards, you could basically run it through a lint type thing. Yeah, like you write you write it in a more abstract format, and then it can emit this. It would essentially do the wrapping for you, right? And the the indenting with spaces and the headers and the like. You wouldn't have to do this manually, right? But the tools, right, to, right, to, right. The tools to do it are also Byzantine. So, <laughs> you know, and when when I was doing it, like so. Yeah. I know we're just killing the whole show on this topic again, no, but no, we can't no, help no. it. You, you, at least you're not talking about backpacks. This is actually yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Um. So when I was, you know, on the internet in the beginning and my, my first contribution, you know, I talked, we talked about my U2 Lyrics website, but before U2 Lyrics website existed, the form of that information, because I started doing that, I started sort of transcribing lyrics and compiling them, was before, not before the web existed, but before the web the entered web. entered my world anyway. Before I had NCSA a mosaic on uh, my, you know, X term, it was in the form of a plain text document that I posted to Usenet periodically as I updated it until on AltFan YouTube right, or whatever. Right, right. And that gets mirrored, right? Or it just goes on Usenet. I mean, it's just a text file, right? I mean, it gets mirrored to everybody's computers all over the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, but part of the, you know, part of the culture of Usenet, if you were going to post something like that, was you'd have to format it nicely. So 
when I when I got my YouTube Lyrics website, I continued to offer on the website, oh, and here's the text version, which was that same meticulously formatted with spaces, you know, and everything, text file that contained all the lyrics that you could find on the web. It was a, either a single text file or a website. And the text file was just top to bottom, like kind of like any of these RFCs are with little sections. And I don't remember if there was a table of contents and a little credits thing and a header and just the whole nine yards. Yeah. Um, and I think I mostly maintained that by hand. I probably eventually made a Perl script to help uh, create it. But this this art, like this, you know, like I guess a page layout with spaces in a monospace font. It's essentially ASCII art for page mm-hmm. layout is almost unnecessary now. But still, I find both uh, like sort of evocative I, and uh, and comforting. I know you're going to remember this and I should remember this. Ah, uh, dang it. It was... There was a distributed, I want to say like a monthly Mac newsletter. And I'm not thinking of I'm not thinking of the cracks database, but similar to the cracks database, suitcase or whatever it was called. Not suitcase, but crack case, whatever it was. But there was a similar thing. Remember there was um there was a, a text newsletter and there was a reader for it. And if you you put them all in a folder and you could open it up in this app and you got a three-pane style reader, was it was but do you remember this? Was it wasn't ah what was it called the it was uh what was rick rick ford's site what was that called uh mac uh, mac macintouch it, it was like macintouch but it, like i think it pre- maybe even preceded that do you do you remember this at all but there was like a digest format where you would take formatted text it might have been set text but it was some kind of basic text formatting and you got a dot i think it was a dot txt file and you could basically open it up into this reader and it would make it pretty Inside of the, do you remember this at all in the like uh, mid nineties? Sounds vaguely familiar. Although I think there were a lot of things that were like that, like the the, yeah. the idea of having a text format that you could have a graphical view of. It definitely sounds familiar. Mac text, oh, cracks and numbers. That was the database I was thinking. Of. Now you wouldn't know what that is, would you? No, I remember that one. Yeah, it would go around like once a month, and it would have all the codes. And it was a, so. Do you remember you could open cracks and numbers? I think you could just open it up in a text editor but there was a an app an app as we would say then an application that would make it readable and again put it in this i don't want to say outlook style but three pane style reader it was very it was very internet native in terms of you want to distribute a lightweight text file we they had to come up with a file format right because i mean you know they had a program and they needed a file format and their their chosen file format was essentially oh we'll just do it in plain in specially formatted plain text which is is absolutely an internet era thing Oh yeah, hundred percent. I just sent you the top screenful of text from my YouTube lyrics uh, text file. Whoa! Did you just pull this up just now? Yeah, uh, of course I still have this. I just found this is like probably the oh, this stuff gives me such a rager, man. Yeah, because that's I such love, a, like, I love a this Usenet look. Thing. I love the look of this. Oh my god, I love the look of this so much. Yeah, uh, well, even just like email. This is so cool. But and look at the full, look at the full justification in the paragraphs. So the whole document is Listen to my mouth words. I'm telling you, this justification that you probably achieved using Perl or similar is <laughs> no, better I I looking. My hand. <laughs> it's better looking than the last book that I bought on Kindle where you can't turn off full justification. This looks better. Oh my God. Yeah. Because because it was because it was literally hand rolled and I would change the sentence if I if I ended up with too many rivers or whatever. Are you saying <laughs> yes, rivers and orphans. You don't you don't end up getting like four words on the last line? Ugh. Oh look! I found I found the uh, the, the typo. The, the thing listed as the current URL. Okay. 
Okay. This was probably the last URL that it existed at before I went on someone else's site. So it was syracuse.home.mindspring.com slash Mac slash capital U2 slash index. I was trying oh. to paste it as a URL. Anyway. Yeah, no. And then, and then come the lyrics. So I'll ask ER at all in a particular format. Yeah. And these and you're I can tell you're you're at an interesting point uh, in the September that never ended. Because, yeah, there's a lot of like international stuff in these these email addresses. There's a, well, there's a lot of, you know, dot a lot of edu. A lot of dot edus. But I do see, I do see, <laughs> I do see, uh, I do see one Hotmail. Um, I do see at least one AOL. Oh, yeah, classic.msn.com. This, this, this is 1998, the last yeah, version. Yeah, yeah. You see the last modified date, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ben Brown, is that the Ben Brown I know? Probably not. <laughs> someone's, someone's got their email address at an IP address. Oh, look. <laughs> oh, boy. That's great. Um... Yeah, I love this kind of stuff. I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna learn more about that. Do you think that is there anything that we should request comment about? Now you know me, right? I I don't generally want to hear anybody's comments. Well, that's perfect for the RFC because you have uh, it's a request for comment, but really, uh, this is I've already decided everything, and this is what it is. That sounds like me, and you, if I'm being honest. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's that's a little yeah. bit. Of, I, I'm gonna you know let's let's make it try to make it uh neutral and say it's the the spouse trap. The spouse trap. Tell me about that. You know about this. Everyone knows about this. I mean, it doesn't what, have to these, be. The, it can can be, these pants can, make my butt look big? That kind of thing? No, like oh. uh, well, just just a stereotypical though, which is like you ask a question, whatever the question may be. Where do you want to go for dinner tonight? Do you want to do X or do Y or whatever? And the asker already knows what they want. Okay, but they're asking you in the hopes that you will agree with them. And if you don't agree with them, they will argue with you. About it. If you answer almost anything, you're going to disappoint them. Right, but no, they just want you to answer what they're already thinking. But you don't know what they're thinking. You may just offer your actual opinion. And then it's like, no, that's not the right answer. And then I know, that's what I'm saying. So well, it's like, yeah, if, you, uh, if you wanted to get Chinese food, why did you ask me where you, what you wanted to have in the hopes that I would say Chinese so that we can have an agreement? This is, this, if that, that's the sort of person neither of those people should ever be allowed to call a meeting. Right there. That's it. That's it. That's it right there. That's it. You know, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, I think you should say to somebody, uh, if it were me and I wanted Chinese food, you know, I, I don't have a dog in this fight, you know, but I, I would say something like, hey, you know, I'm kind of in the mood for uh, Chinese tonight. What do you think? You know, rather than playing as my boss used to say, whack the pinata. Yeah. What do you want for dinner? Oh, I was thinking about Indian wall. What do you think about Chinese? Whatever you want. Well, you don't get dinner because you're too indecisive and you're not helping me. I want some help. I want some help with this. If I were, if I'm asking you this, we should all have pre-cana. Well, I should have post-hoc cana. I should have an opportunity to go with my with my partner of 20 years. We should go to a priest. I don't want no. I don't want to go to a therapist. No, I want to go to a you, priest. You, you pronounce it cana? I don't know. It sounds Latin. I want to go before before marriage Catholics, and I want to go to a priest. I want to be a real old guy with big bushy eyebrows. And and I wanna I wanna talk about uh, how it is it is it is it proper to buy a Buick? You know what I'm saying? Is it right? <laughs> I think you're looking for a rabbi. <laughs> In many respects, what's we're his all name? Hiram Hiram Kristofsky? Is that his name? What? I don't know which movie you're referencing. No, I'm, I'm referring to I'm referring to uh, when we meet uh, Krusty the Clown's father, played by the great uh, Jackie Mason. Oh yeah, no, I don't remember. He says, "Could you, could you repo, could you re?" Uh, he says, "He says something like, again, you're going to get this right, and I won't." But he says something like, "Rabbi, should I buy a Chrysler?" And he goes, "Could you rephrase it as an ethical question?" <laughs> he goes, <laughs> "He goes, Rabbi, is it right to buy a Chrysler?" 
<laughs> a Chrysler is a very good deal. It's a very yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, we should we should uh, probably put out some documents. I would love to get some of these formatting tools uh, from you. I could spend all day on this kind of stuff. You know, I love it. You know, I'm on yeah. a new computer. I, I got a. I, I I I don't know where any of my profile things are. I just kind of started over, and I haven't implemented Casey's all in one uh, homebrew. You know, Katamari Damacy system yet. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you to uh, Mr. Don for for uh, Mr. Don for contacting John. Uh, it's a thrill to have this uh, connection with 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 the past. I mean, I think he's still alive, right? He just emailed you recently, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did he send you an email? Did he did? Was it a good Was it a good email address? Because those guys, those old um, guys, they love they love their good email addresses. I'm gonna look. I didn't look at the email. You no, know, it's address. like ta- it's like Tontech, like Tontech. On uh, on Twitter, you know, he's at T, right? Or you get like, uh, you get like, you know, my friend uh, Ted, he's at Ted, which believe me, you know, talk about a, a goddamn monkey's paw of a Twitter handle. Can you imagine being at Ted? Do you follow at yeah. Ted? No, I mean, that's a curse. You know what he wants that, but I can tell you that Don does have a good email address. That's cool. I'm, I'm really happy to hear it. You can reach me at um, Merlin at uh, freenet.scree dot fsu dot edu <laughs> that scree supercomputer reconciliation institute yeah that's kind of the, my my university was so basic that i i you know now that i'm looking at colleges we ever get to this topic um mm. i'm noticing that lots of other basic schools named their computer systems at the same time with the exact same name as bu's computer system hmm. and that name is you'll you will never guess academic computing system or acs Mm. many schools hmm. have that same idea so uh, here i am thinking that you know acs would be you you know acs1 would be bw.edu acs2 uh, when yeah. i was there we just had acs and then they had acs1 and acs2 and by the time i graduated right. we had like, like ACS6. take that dawn we couldn't afford names back then that's right but anyway academic computing system is not an original name i'm on the internet website for the fsu research computing center and according to that it says here it says here under history that the research computing center continues a legacy oh boy this is not quite as tight as an RFC. Scree! Scree! Uh, the Research <laughs> Computing Center continues chat, chain rattle, chain rattle. It continues a legacy no, of over. No, I was just thinking that there aren't those uh, they're from a Marvel movie, the Scree. Oh, you're coming with the scrolls. You're, you're concatenating the, the uh, scrolls and the Cree, yes. Scrolls that's right. and crawls and screes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't can't say it, can you? I can say anything. I watched some of that last night, not the whole thing. 1984. Uh, that's the first line here in under history. I moved past the writing to get to the, uh, as you say, the, the the details. 1984 Scree established supercomput. Oh, really? <laughs> Supercomputing Computations Research Institute or Scree opened at Florida State University in 1984. Oh, it's not two E's. It's S C R I. Scree. I, I uh-huh. would say scry for that. Yeah. But it's different Scry from the curls. <laughs> the curls and the screes. <laughs> yeah, boy, that's a real twist them up. No spoilers. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's very confusing. It's a lot like Shadow of the Colossus that I haven't played. You know, a lot of misunderstanding. 1984. Huh. How about that? Making sure that 1984 is not going to be like Scree or Crawl. <laughs> this episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Squarespace our old friends at Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash diffs. 
Friends, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and run your own business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace has got you covered. Squarespace combines cutting-edge design and world-class engineering, making it easier than ever to establish your home online. Your, your own very place on the internet, little, little treehouse for whatever it is that you do. And you're going to make your ideas into a reality because Squarespace gives you everything you need to create a beautiful and modern website. You start out with a professionally designed template and then just use these very simple drag and drop tools to make it your own. You can customize the look and feel, the settings, the products that you have on sale, all of this and more with just a few clicks. And all Squarespace websites are optimized for mobile, meaning that uh, whatever you put up, it's going to look uh, terrific uh, no matter what device or dingus people are using. It's all done for you automatically. You also get free unlimited hosting, top-of-the-line security, and dependable resources to help you succeed. There's nothing to patch or upgrade. They have those uh, wonderful, award-winning 24 by 7 customer support. If you ever need any help, they'll help you out. They'll, and they'll even let you uh, quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. Plus, you'll have everything right at your fingertips uh, for SEO, email marketing, anything you need to get your ideas out there. You can use Squarespace to turn your big idea into a new site. You can showcase your work with incredible portfolio designs, galleries, publish your next blog post, you can promote your business or an upcoming event, all this and so much more. And I, I've been using Squarespace myself. I use it uh, to this day. Uh, it's where my personal sites are hosted. And it's also uh, where we have always hosted the Roderick on the Line podcast. And uh, I'm very, uh, very proud to be associated with them. They're, they're, they're good folks and they've been good to me. So, so listen, listener, friend, please go head to squarespace.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. That's going to get you a free trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch your beautiful new home on the global internet, use that offer code diffs, D-I-F-F-S, and that's going to save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain, squarespace.com slash diffs. And when you decide to sign up, use that offer code diffs, and that is going to, is going to get you 10% off. And it'll show your support for, you know, John Craig Syracuse. And he loves, believe me, you guys, he loves having your support. So please go check them out. They've been great to us. They're going to be great to you. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Um, John, it's so good to have you back here. Um, I've been awake for 50 minutes now. I made internet ramen. Did I mention that? You did. Hmm. Every well, time we talk about that, I think to myself, I should I should ask Merlin to remind me of the kind of ramen he gets that he likes because I'm never satisfied with my ramen. But then I forget, and then it's I have probably ramen a little and, zesty for you. Yeah, I think that's why. I think I, I think I asked you the same thing in the past, and you told me, and I looked at it, and I got scared no, away by the spice. No, 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 no. So spice, so, so, so spice, spice bomb till his butt falls out. You can uh, what you can do is that you can make it up your own way. You know, uh, like like uh, you, you it comes like Burger with this, King. Yeah. They call him a sachet. From the French, the Francaise, en Francaise, you say sachet, comes with three little packets. And so you can deploy that any way you want. I talked about this on my, on my short live uh, video program, how I make mm -hmm. internet ramen, because I like a, I, I like a bespoke soup, you know, I like a pho and, uh, I like that you can like make it the way you want it. At pho, you, it's like, uh, you know, it's like Heraclitus says, it's never the same soup twice. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you do put your foot in and I wouldn't. But like, I'm just saying that like river Grecian or otherwise, uh, you can make the pho be anything you want. If you want to deploy more tripe in this one, personally, I tend to go a little light on the tripe. It's the cartilage stuff I leave out because it kind of looks, it looks like it's a cross between like a bone and a booger. 
Like I don't I don't care for the cartilage parts. No, no shade, no lemonade. But uh, <laughs> I'm leaving you all my cartilage parts. <laughs> I'll have it. Like the kid who walks by and eats your pickles. I'll have it. I'll have it. Is that for anyone? <laughs> uh, now I'm in a good mood. I'm glad I had a nap. Yeah, I read a little bit. You know, I read a little bit and I napped. I had internet ramen. Anyways, what I would say to you is, you know, it's like the first pancake. Get you a pack. It's my koali, I believe it's called. Mayan koali, because presumably they couldn't get koali. But my koali, you know, or koali site, get get my koali, try it. K-A-W-A-L-I? Uh, go on to your internet search engine and do M-Y-K-U-A-L-I. And then noodles. Look for um, also... It's not going to be the marquee feature for you, but curry is the, is the big one. It comes with a big sachet of curry. Um, but I would say plan for your first one to just be purely an experiment and see where it goes. Make it a challenge for the show. You get paid for it then. It's deductible. My Kuali Noodles. I am getting a lot of results, but it's not a domain name, right? Oh, no. No, no, no. I was just laughing. I was Well, I laughed out loud, and I just congratulated myself on a not very funny joke. My Kuali sounds like something you get from GoDaddy if Kuali is already taken. Yep. Currently unavailable. White curry noodles, eight pack. So good. So good. Do you have H Mart there? You don't have H Mart, do you? Uh, I think uh, maybe. We just got an H Mart. I think we do. Somewhere. We just got an H Mart. And, and it was such a such a, a perfectly COVID kind of thing because a uh, very COVID Christmas. Because um, we got an H Mart, which is this redonkulously popular, like ginormous uh, South Korean grocery store chain in the US. But it's kind of like if you. I'm talking on my butt a little bit here, but it's like if you just if you had a South Korean grocery, like put everything in out of your mind, and now imagine it being more like a Whole Foods. Like it's really it's it's fancy. They got prepackaged stuff. It's like very friendly to us natives, and um and boy, they have they have like they have whole aisles there that are just noodles. But we thought, oh, you know, the H Mart's opening. It's only like the most. It's like getting an IKEA, or it's mm-hmm. like getting a, a not a Pottery Barn, like. I don't know, one of those stores where you're like, oh Costco my God, we fi- maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We finally got an X. But with H Mart, it's a huge deal, especially in a town like this. And so we drove our automobile uh, out to the H Mart and we couldn't even figure out where the line began. It was so long. People standing there, because it was COVID, and we were this is this is a few weeks, maybe a month or two ago. And like everybody was finally coming out of like full on lockdown a little bit. And boy, did people want to go and get them uh, get them some uh, some Korean food. Yep, we've got one in Cambridge and one in Burlington. Yeah, it's on our Instacart. I haven't tried it yet. We've been waiting for the crowds to die down to actually go there in person. So you got the screes and the curls. Uh, we're going to talk about college at some point. I had another thread open, and I don't remember what. Oh, yeah, we're also going to start publishing our own RFCs. Yeah, the RFC thing, I remember uh, parody RFCs being a common form of joke, but that really fell by the wayside as public familiarity with rfcs became less common and mm-hmm. you know actual much more powerful initially cat-based memes became the currency of the realm <laughs> yeah no but it's it's true i mean there was a lot of like i mean uh, i guess somewhat predictably a lot right. of internet humor was about the internet and tcp like, car- carrier pigeon remember that one that's a I don't. classic oh you totally do hmm infomac got it infomac infomac i was gonna say that i was gonna that's say it. it's infomac Oh, yeah, please no, have that's... a picture. Oh, what? There's a website. Is it InfoMac? InfoMac is an online community. Sorry. I think I have remembered the name of the thing distributed as a text digest. Yes. Section 1.1, InfoMac Digest, published daily by a Stanford University. Yes. 
And it was mirrored in the Usenet group CompSys Mac Digest. Yep. Wow. Now, yep, what about cracks, cracks and numbers? What about yeah. cracks and um, numbers? Because it was a little suitcase. I feel like it was a little suitcase. Yeah, no, I think I still have that on my computer, literally. I can go look at it. Oh, up. my God. That's how I got my first. That was my first cork, Daddy's first cork. Check out RFC 1149 for me, please. Oh, yes, yes, yes. RFC 1149. You know, this would be a fun way for us to communicate with each other passive aggressively is to just send each other RFCs. <laughs> to communicate with RFCs. You can do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know the wedding is, you know, the, um, the marriage is not going great. I'm on, um, let's see, a standard. Oh, that's funny, John. That was, that's what passed for humor back in, when, no, what's no, the date? What's this the is date funny. On this one? Oh, look, it's April 1st. 1990. There you go. Yes, there you go. That's the humor fun. is coming, and this is from BBN, so the humor is coming, coming from, from inside, inside the house. house. Yeah. Uh, BBN, the uh, Bulletin Board Broadcast Network. No, you don't remember BBN? Oh, sure okay. I do. Boys be knocking. Uh, I need to look BBN. this up because, all right. BBN was, sounds like a fake network in the movie network. History of the internet. BBN, the beginning, secure net. Just type BBN internet history and you'll find oh, it. Oh, right. What does it stand for? Um, BBN. Bolt, Baranek, and Newman company who played a major role in creating the internet which was founded in 1948 as a consulting company oh this is the original the darpa thing yeah they were part of that but like the, oh. you know, it, it predates that you know anyway the, this rfc is from someone working oh this history of the internet with the did you get the one with the pyramids oh this <laughs> no. is a good look john so four-dimensional time cube no, no well no. no they decided so it's more like a seven-sided lighthouse made of dreams they're doing a little bit of the scene at left rail but not really uh, I'm gonna send this to you in the document. Oh no, here. I got it. I got it. Yes, with the with the pyramids, I see it now. Yes, that's you not like that. It's, it got got a got a uh, e world thing going on there. But I'm worried really... that this document is a little dry, Jim. What do you think? Mm, what would you think of an extremely <laughs> low bit like two pyramids uh, uh, and a moon? I mean, what says history to you? Old stuff. Uh, it old really stuff. does Let's say just history. Brainstorm mm -hmm. this. Uh, what's old? What's old? Uh, pyramids. Go. With uh, that. Pyramids, yes, 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 yes. The early Rocks, years. air, dirt. No, it doesn't show up So well. I guess I click on the arrow. I go to the early years. Oh, here it is, the early years. And like, oh, okay, okay. Oh, oh boy, go to the third one, because that's where you're going to learn about a fellow named J.C.R. Lidlicker. Lick litter? Lick lighter. Lick lighter, yeah. <laughs> ah, is that the guy in James Bond? That's Felix. He worked at the same place my wife works. His, I want to say Lidlicker when I read it. <laughs> I know you want to say it. <laughs> say lid liquor jcr lick lighter is this the best photo they had lick lighter i'm, I'm gonna say my way john they, they can fix this in post jcr uh, lid liquor lid liquor was first first interested he was first in, if i could just get a music bed here some very gentle <laughs> slightly martial music <laughs> lid liquor was first interested in computers when he worked at mit's lincoln laboratory nerd lincoln had a model tx0 computer where, um, oh, come on, give it another pass. Lincoln had a Model TX0 computer where a man named Wesley Clark Of worked. Clark Computers? No, probably Wesley Clark of the, uh, of the military. Mm-hmm. Wait, are you thinking of, you're thinking of that guy that ran for president in Texas, probably, the little guy. No, I'm thinking of Holt and Catchfire. Wesley. Oh, wait, is that, uh, is that, uh, Toby Huss? Clark, no. Clark. Is the, the main character guy. Kim Kimberly Clark. Doesn't he start a company, Clark Computers, out of his garage? Are you talking about the guy, what's his name, Roger, not Roger? Are you talking about the beard guy with the pretty wife? Yes. Okay. He's no lid liquor. <clears throat> In 1960, lid liquor wrote a paper. Gordon Clark. Gordon Clark. <clears throat> oh, boy. This is, this is right up Alexandra's alley. 
1960, Lidlicker wrote a paper called Madden Computer Symbiosis, where he wrote about <laughs> the computer and man. Oh, come on, possessive. Oh, no, yeah, it's tough. <sighs> Which often benefit from each other. He gives an example of a fig tree and <laughs> a insect blastoph. I don't think we say that anymore. Grisorum. This is John. This is a goddamn mess. You need to talk to your man, Mr. Dawn, and get him on this. <laughs> the insects pollinates the fig tree, and the fig yeah. tree houses the insects, and both can't without apostrophe live without each other. I think all the apostrophes have been <laughs> the removed. Yeah, I mean that. That's exactly the analogy that I would have made if I'm trying to communicate this point to someone. I would have totally gone to the Blasphagia grossorum and the fig tree. Well, of course, I think anybody would be quite familiar with this arrangement, Ivan. Person helped invent the internet. Show some respect. The first to believe that computers could be used for more than just... <laughs> Who wrote this? I guess I could check the code. Lidlicker was, the... <laughs> was the first to believe... John, this is brutal. The first to the believe first. that computers could be used for more than just large calculators, but instead they could perform scientific thinking. Citation. Lidlicker, page one. Lidlicker... <laughs> Chapter and verse, baby. I'm going to be reading from the book of Lidlicker. <clears throat> that should be his name. This would be funnier if that were true. In 64, 1964, J.C.R. Lidlicker left ARPA, but not without changing ARPA's main focus, as opposed to their secondary focus. Right. It's like when Marcus says prioritization. Ugh. ARPA's main focus from war game scenarios to research into time sharing Computer graphics, no Oxford comma, and computer language. Computer language. I think all I think all apostrophes have been removed from this text for some reason, and I'm glad that you know he, he saved us from war yes. games. Yes, my homemade copy of uh, 100 Years of Solitude. I was looking for uh, today because I wanted to make a citation to you, and I realized that uh, something went really wrong with the text encoding. And you know, uh, Colonel Aureliano Buendias got real screwed up. In some cases, it just left out the the uh, accented things. In another case, it, you know what? Back to the old times, the thing I used to have to do in BB Edit. Remember, you'd have like a, you'd have something you get a you get a file from this place, you exported it as uh, from word to text, and then you had those what did they call them? Gremlins? Zap Gremlins. It's still still a menu. When oh, you could get like a little diamond with like you a get, you'd get uh, option eight, you get a bullet. Option eight. Yeah, well, I screwed that up good because I was going to make a reference to you in talking about the RFC, and now it's not—it's not even funny. I'm no lid licker. Can we can we work on your pronunciation of BB Edit, please? Babadit. And so they. No, I'm not. I'm not not going to play that tonight. We're going to we're going to work on it together. BB Edit. Good. Oh wait, what did I say before? I already forgot. I think you said lid licker. BB Edit. BB Edit. Oh my god. It's not. Um, you know, I, you know it, I'm not going to be gaslit by you. No, I just, you know, there's no gaslight. Speaking, speaking you didn't of turn it on. So to how far this rabbit hole goes for some for some reason, probably because I yeah. like Japanese stuff. I occasionally watch this person on YouTube who is an American, uh, but who does videos about how to speak Japanese more properly if you're learning Japanese as a foreigner. Right. Is this the enthusiastic couple that moved? No, different, different one. This guy's just okay. like basically like uh, teaching, te- teaching Americans to speak Japanese. And it's, it's very difficult because obviously in, in Japanese it's not structured the same as English and the different sort of pitch accents and everything are just completely foreign haha to Americans, but it makes a super big difference in whether you sound like you're supposed to right. sound or not. And the, like he starts off with simple stuff, but like you watch some of the videos and he goes super deep on how you say BB edit, BB edit, BB edit. Like 
but those are all things oh, like right. that we have in English. Because it, it's right? it's like like in Chinese Chinese or sorry Mandarin being tonal that kind of thing. It's not. It's like that, but not that. It is like oh well, this Japanese isn't like this because it just has these sounds and they're always the same and so on and so forth. It's all it's all about how I don't know how to describe it. Like it's described as pitch accent, but like how you say the word and how. Uh, one example I saw recently was how in in English. To emphasize something, we we say it longer. So give it to me means like oh. you're, em- you're emphasizing the me, right? Yes, yes. That does not exist in Japanese. And so when, when, when or not in the same way. So that when uh, an American is saying something in Japanese and they want to emphasize it, they instinctively say it louder and longer, whatever the sound is, to <laughs> emphasize it. And that's absolutely not, like it, it, it sounds totally wrong in Japanese because that's not how they emphasize things. And you're like, what do you mean that's not how they, it's how everyone emphasizes things, right? You say it longer and how, louder. How else would you emphasize it? Right. And it's, it would and be like just, denying that blue exists. It's, yeah, it would seem just, so bizarre to us because that language stuff is so right. deep in and, our, and it was, and it was, uh, in, is like the thing he does where you send a recording of you speaking Japanese and then he critiques it. And this person mm. to anyone's ears who has watched out Japanese are like, their, their Japanese is perfect. And he, and then he catches them in a Westernism, which is, when he was trying to show emotion or emphasis on a particular thing, he just did it the way you would do it in English, subtly, but it's totally wrong in Japanese. I had that, we would get that, so I didn't take French language, but I had French literature in college, because I loved this professor. He was on my thesis committee, loved this guy. Um, professor Hickson, he was great. And we read all the great things. And uh, But he was like, that when he would correct other people's, like, because he wouldn't correct his own, that would be strange. Um, but when he would correct people's pronunciation, I swear to God, it was the ultimate gaslighting. Mm-hmm. And you know, well, now, of course, knowing what I know about myself now and how I don't have ears to hear, mm-hmm. like, but it'd be, it'd be like, no, 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 I sound too Like, no matter what you say, you're doing it wrong. And I think he would actually, just to be that particular Wisconsinite, I think he would also go, no, no, no. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Discourse. You can learn more about Discourse right now by going to discourse.org. That's D-I-S-C-O-U-R-S-E dot org. Discourse was founded in 2013 by Jeff Atwood from Stack Overflow, along with Robin Ward and Sam Saffron. It's a powerful, flexible, open source community platform where discussions are searchable, so you can find all the relevant details for your project. Platform has been designed with moderation in mind, helping you keep the discussion on track and, you know, making it highly valuable. You know, got to have the moderation. You'll also be minimizing the impact of trolls and spam. Please do what you can to minimize the impact of trolls and spam. That's discourse. It integrates with uh, uh, Zapier, uh, Patreon, Memberful, and more, right? And, uh, and uh, you know, this is something a lot of folks are doing right now. You need to get out there and get this internet community together, but you want to keep it your own. You want to keep it classy. And that's what you're going to be able to do with Discourse. And right now, Discourse offers a 100% free 14-day trial. After that, plans start at $100 per month. And the folks at Discourse are giving Reconcilable Differences listeners 50%. You guys, 50% off your first two months after you start your subscription. You just go to discourse.org, D-I-S-C-O-U-R-S-E, discourse.org, and use the coupon code RELAY2021. Just like the year. It's a really good mnemonic, you know, because you're listening to Relay, and the year, at least for now, is 2021. Relay 2021 when you sign up. 
discourse.org code relay 2021 when signing up for 50% off your first two months. And while we're at it, let's also mention a new offering uh, from our friends at Discourse, and that's Discourse for Teams. It's perfect for smaller teams or businesses looking to use Discourse to collaborate. It's private. Uh, it, it's, it's a focused discourse instance with added features, right? You get a, a new sidebar, automatic icebreakers, team updates, and more to help teams work together more effectively. Uh, there isn't currently an offer code for the team's offering, but the plans do start at uh, only $20 per month. Nothing wrong with that. If you want to learn more about that, you just go to teams.discourse.com. I'm going to spell that for you one more time. D-I-S-C-O-U-R-S-E.com. And, you know, it shows your support for, for John Syracuse. And he's, he's so thirsty for your support, people. Please, please go and check him out. Our thanks to Discourse for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Here's here's a fun exercise from the video yes. that I was just watching that I think you'll be able to enjoy. Do you have access to a tissue? Uh, a tissue? No, I have a Kleenex, pa- as they would say, using a proprietary say- eponym, a phrase that I now remember. Um, I no, I've got is paper towels. Come but on, I can get some toilet. Let me get some toilet paper. I blow my nose in paper towels like a gentleman. What? Tish- no, tissues Secret are not weird for things noses. people do. You do you blow hear your it? nose you in hear- paper towels. Sister, do you want to hear what I can do with a paper towel? That is some rough going there. It is not. It is not. If you cared, if you cared, you would use a paper towel. Oh, I don't. I have a, let's say, robust nose. No, you don't. Here we go. And it cannot handle blowing in a paper towel. Like, I've done it. You'll do it if you have to do it, but I do not prefer Mm -hmm. it. Boys your age, you're always obsessed with your nose size, just like Brian. All right, well, get 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 some toilet paper or or a tissue. I can't use a, I've got, hang on, right here, look. A paper towel won't work. It's and I got, I got brawnies and I can make different sizes. I could have this one break into four well, pieces. Well, you have the big, like the super. I'll get toilet paper, standby. All right. That's something you do have access to. I hope. How far away is this bathroom? I have a full roll, jumbo roll of quilted toilet paper, or as you say, toilet paper. Break off uh, a, uh, do you remember how big tissues are? Are you familiar with them? Break off a piece that's yeah. as long as tissues. So not, 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 not too small a slice. Okay. All right. All right. I've got, I've got, um, I have three sheets, which is half of the amount my grandfather says you should ever need, no matter how much of an absolute paint job you make. Mm-hmm. Is that good? So, yeah. So yeah. what we're going to learn now, and I'm sure this exists in English too, but I've never seen it. Dem- in fact, does it? We're going to demonstrate it in English. We're going to do aspirated versus non-aspirated Ks. Another thing that will make you think you're being gaslit if someone were to explain it to you. Oh, like a, like a Russian kind of feel? Because there was a thing, there was a phrase someone had said in Japanese, and he was trying to say the sound in Japanese is a non-aspirated K. And you may be asking, you may be asking yourself, what the heck is a non-aspirated K that doesn't even exist in English, but in fact it does. So we're going to demonstrate that now. So sounds like Klingon. Could it be Klingon? You're thinking of? No. So hang, hang the tissue in front of your face. Basically, like put it like you don't have to be touching your nose, but hang it in this front of your prank, mouth. This is a prank, John. Because if it's no, a prank, it's not. Do if it. your hand is bigger oh. than your face, no, we don't say that anymore. Anyway. Okay, <laughs> wait, wait, look at your look at your fingernails. Yeah. Um, Hang it, hang it in front of you. You're gonna have to do this face away from should, the microphone. Should I photograph this for you, just so you can see? No, just hang it in front of your mouth, face away from the microphone, and say the word "kill" and watch what happens to kill. the the tissue. Kill. It moved forward an inch and a half. Right, and it, the louder you say it, you know, the more it puffs out. Kill. That is, oh, the neighbors are gonna love this. That, that kill. Is, that, yeah, kill. <laughs> yeah, Merlin, it's uh, Paul. I just had some I mean, questions. The, I uh, think the neighbors probably have to be used to hearing you talk to yourself for long periods of time. At least I'm not speaking Klingon. No, they can't hear a damn thing. <laughs> All right. So anyway, <laughs> that's an that's an aspirated K. You don't have to okay. do anything special to make this happen. You say the Sounds word like kill. you're hawking a loogie, kind of. If you are an English speaker and you say the word kill, the tissue right. hanging in front of your mouth will move because you are mm-hmm. aspirating. 
Now, hang that same thing, same distance okay. in front of your mouth, and say the word skill. Skill. Oh, my God, doesn't move at all. The, Did the I do K, it wrong? The K, when it comes after the S in skill, is non-aspirated. Skill. Dawn. Skill. Dawn. 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 <laughs> now, if I do dawn, work. that's slightly aspirated. Now, I sound like doesn't, you. We're going to say Florida and orange. Oh, Florida. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Boca. Boca. You, 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 already said, you already said Florida as if it's on the floor. Uh, earlier today but anyway um so aspirated or not or it's not aspirated k it's a thing we all do but we don't know about but totally exists in japanese as well and huh. I just, I, anyway i was talking about getting inside your head about uh about uh you know gaslighting saying things the wrong way the japanese thing is like you, you know how how sort of built into our code whatever language we were raised in was and then a part of the reason you can't hear things that literally don't exist in your language oh, is because you have no reason to hear them but right. even when they do exist in your language like aspirated versus non-aspirated k is a distinction that probably right. almost no english speaker knows about but is yeah because well, it doesn't feature like how i only know about like seven kinds of snow right that kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah i get it i get it that makes sense <clears throat> yeah aspirating uh, what was I going to say about your gaslighting? Um, I forget. We were talking about, I still had one more thing I'm trying to jar loose. At least we're not talking about backpacks anymore. This is a good episode, John. This is, this is a very good episode. Are you, are you the one, I don't want to reveal too much of your se- secret inside family cute things, but are you the one mm-hmm. who, uh, is making this phrase jump into my mind when we keep talking about backpacks? Are you the backpack, backpack. person? That's, uh, Roderick. Okay, all right. But I, I have, as with Eric and the water fountain, there are a lot of these that I have not chosen to bring into my life. But Bastic is the big one, far and away. Oh, Bastic yeah. is just, that's canon now. Bastic, as in a Bastic, a Bastic of Pinedos. Breakfast. Mm-hmm. Breakfast is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the other ones? I mean, you're, you're, you're bringing Fast Over, Daddy, which is big. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Fast over. We, I, boy, I needed to, uh, I needed to fast over the other night. Oof. Are you watching? I watch, I watch a lot of really objectionable TV. You know, I'm really glad I didn't show her 40 year old virgin just because I think that might be a bridge too far. You know, I think I saw that, but it's been erased from my mind. The only one of those movies, I never watch those type of movies, A, because they're kind of right. because they're not my alley. But oh, I, I remember like, I seeing, like Catherine Keener. Why is she in the uh, movie? You tell me, is, is this Judd Apatow, uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall? Yes, it's Judd Apatow. Oh, that's, um, uh, yeah, it's either him or the video store guy. I, no, forgetting sure. So is that is that the video store guy? Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> no, no, no. The other guy, the guy with the hat, hatless. Repeat. No, I, I is it Kevin Smith or Judd Apatow? Forgetting Sarah Marshall is. Uh, Might be Kevin Smith. S- Nicholas Stoller. Nicholas Stoller, like Lieber and Stoller. Yeah. Kristen Bell, Jason Segel, Paul Rudd. Kristen uh, Bell from TV. TV's Kristen Bell, yeah. I'll be hornswoggled. Right, written she, by Jason Segel. She's in a lot Siegel. of things. Jason Segel. Oh, that's got to be an Apatow. If it's Jason Segel, that would be either a Paul Feig or a Feig or an Apatow. God, IMDb is so useless. Just bring me to the Wikipedia page for crying out loud. Have so you I gotten the preview? The preview's better. The preview's gotten better. Produced by Judd Apatow. There you go, Wikipedia. Anyway, I, I remember seeing Forgetting Sarah Marshall and thinking, you know what? This was actually a funnier movie than I thought it would be. But it's the only one of those movies I can remember. 40-year-old version, I'm pretty sure I see, saw, but can't remember. But anyway, it's, it's has objectionable content. The problem is because of your virtue signaling and what it has done, the brain worms that it has given you. Is what you virtue know, am I signaling? I'm curious. You don't even know what you're being sincere about anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you facts about my life. Automobile? <laughs> you're laughing? <laughs> That's not virtue signaling. <laughs> 
That's just virtue. And then he says, remember he says to the lady, he says, what's happening? Hot stuff. I do remember that. His, you do that. He's hanging from a bunk bed. And he's his, hanging from the bunk bed. His hair is just hanging down in a and comical fashion. And uh, and his, uh, where, where's grandpa's automobile? And they need the clap. Hey, three Sorry, sheets yep. to the wind, Fred. <laughs> okay, uh, we did that. Um, one hour and eight minutes. I got a good photo of, you know how it used to be, uh, you know, there's always been these funny little eras in what I think of as, you know, the internet graphical web times. We eventually got to a place where people like me would really sweat trying to get every, like you would go custom, what's the word I'm looking for? You would custom optimize every image so that the effect of like your image map or your left rail or your whatever, but if you wanted a left rail that would have like a little tiny bit of like a drop shadow down the right side or a, a embossment, like you would do everything you can to like ring every last bit out of that so it would still look good. You could try different hatch patterns. You know what I'm talking about? You, use a one, you can use a one pixel GIF for, uh, one pixel GIF for that and just stretch it long to make your, your shadow any It could be any size. Yeah. Yeah. And no, no, but but you know what I'm saying? Like, but we eventually that by the time my the of the dot com days for me, I had I, I don't say I took pride in it because I wasn't actually that good at it. I didn't it didn't always look good on Explorer, but you know, it's not a browser a lot of people were using. And so, but but you would really sweat that. But do you remember before that, the before times, you'd be on your I don't know how often you were on a modem, but you like a page would start to load. Like let's say somebody's internet shrine. To uh, remember Internet Shrine, Internet Shrine to Jennifer Aniston or whatever, yep. but you would see like the, the the under construction pencil or HR would come up just fine because that's just a GIF, and then you'd get the tick 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 tick. And you're like, how is this thing that's the size of an airmail stamp taking this long to load? And you know why? Why is it taking so long to load, John? I don't know because it's a giant image that they're controlling. Oh, that they put with, it in a small size on the They're just doing page. width and height. Yeah, no, which is a, which is a sucker's game. Now here's the thing. <clears throat> what was exciting was like sometimes you find little treats back in those days because you could do the equivalent of what we would now think of as view image in new window. I'm very sorry to say that. Well, it's a mixed blessing. This picture of uh, what's his name, Jared Jared Lidlick. <laughs> just kidding, Simmons. I got a bigger image, but it's not a lot bigger. But it's just enough that you can. I'm gonna send it to you. You can just appreciate this guy's intensity. I'm looking at it. It's a GIF. Huh. I thought, I, I thought we turned you around. You just said Jeff. You're backsliding. Yeah. You know what I am? Um, I've decided I've had it. And when <laughs> Casey is a guest on Dubai Friday tomorrow, I'm going to gaslight Casey and Alex so hard. And I'm going to be the provocateur. I'm going to be the lighter of gas. Title. Are you going to alternate pronunciations every other time you say it? You switch to the other one? I mean, he's just, he's so, for, for being such a sensitive man, he's very easily perturbed. And I don't know if he knows that we can tell he's easily perturbed. But I'm gonna really, I'm gonna mess with the guy really hard tomorrow, and and, and the and then the uh, the the well the uh, the topic for tomorrow is we're gonna be talking about that ASCII uh, art generator editor I like. Uh, monodraw, monodraw, monodraw. Hmm. I, I must be behind an episode. I didn't realize that. No, was that's right. That's not that's not performative. I um I'm excited about that, and so I, I'm, I don't have time. I already started drafting a newsletter. I don't have time to make an ASCII newsletter. But anyway, all I have is the title, which is Nemesis Gendered. <laughs> They're Nemesis Cs. You can make all sorts of Resident Evil Nemesis jokes, but you don't make a Jonathan Colton joke. Cultural con- yeah, that's right. Nemesis. Got a pair of Johns. Mm-hmm. That's um, a good song. I guess that is a good song. It's an amazing song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a really good song. Yeah. Oh, and I remember one other thing, which is I, I really I try not to challenge my daughter 
either intellectually or existentially. You know, I, I, I'd like her to have an easy life. But so I'm always trying to tell her what the easy way out of things. And so, like, for example, she learned how to play ukulele pretty well. Okay, well, for like a fourth grader. Like she could play You'll Be Back, you know, the, the Jonathan Groff uh, cover and, uh, and stuff like that. And, and like I've been trying to like, you know, just gently encourage her to maybe try playing guitar. I showed her how to play an A5, which is not only an awesome chord, it's the perfect first chord. So just imagine your two middle fingers at the second fret, two middle strings on the, the D and the G. Like it open, it's like like you use it as part of like a sus. What do you do that for? I don't, I don't even know A5. A5 is like, so imagine doing an A, but leave off the finger that's on the B string. So it's sure. just the middle right. two you know, strings. I get, I get the fingering. I don't, yeah. that didn't come up in many of the songs. Hang on, here we go, hang on. Oh. I mean... The only, the only, the only two fingers on oh, string chord that I can remember doing is E minor. This, this, this week, this week, you people are getting your money's worth. You still playing the, uh, the, the gull, the swallow, the swan? Yep, this is it. What is it? What is the actual animal? I'm not making a joke. Uh, I, think I, it's sea, I think it's seagull. No such thing as a seagull. No such thing as a fish. No, there's no such thing as a seagull. That's not, a, that's not a kind of bird. I know. There's also no such thing as a fish. Did you hear it? She has an A5. So here's an A. Yep. So like A suspended. A5. So if you want to do P Townsend, you would do like. Where, where is the pinky going on the on the sus one? The sus one is going on the fourth, excuse me, third fret of the B string. So it's easier. It's more fun in D. So that's a D5. If you want to do the Led Zeppelin, that's a D5, a D, and a D sus. Well. Speaking of, uh, of uh, There Ain't No Easy Way Out, can you give me a little bump back down? Ain't No Easy Way Out? Oh, I don't think it's, it's gotta I know be three how chords. that goes. You absolutely have to know whatever those three chords are. Let me see. Uh, e minor, D, G, C. Oh, that's classic Neil Young. Chorus is C, G, C, G, 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 G
What are we going to talk about tonight? What are we going to talk about tonight? Well, John, we're going to talk about college. Well, we don't have time for college. We've done it again. We're never going to get to the college works factory. But I do have a, a small mini that we can. Did you know? Did you know there's here. two riffs that I, I taught to John Roderick? My two favorite riffs. I taught both of them to John Roderick. I've, did you know that? I've heard you say this, but I couldn't. Can't hear the riffs in my head. Can you play them, please? Oh, one is the uh, a little bit of kind of a version of the Rocks Off uh, Stones riff. Do a shuffle. Kind of like a, um, the sunshine boys, the daylight's out of me. That's a really good one. And I also taught him my, this trick. I'm not doing very well. I have too thick a pick. I like that Jethro Tull song. Anyway, uh, riffs are good. I'm looking at this tab for free falling. This is not how I ever played it. Is this right? Bring back the sight. Bring back the sight. A-D-D-A-E? What? What does it again say? Free fall in the intro. A D D A E A. Hang on. This is included with your your admission. Oh Jesus! Wow, that's off. Hang on, I'm not turning on my tuner. It's too late. You don't need the neighbors. Self tune. You're fine. No perfect pitch listens to the show. So give it to me again. Do what? They're saying the chorus is A D D A E. No, this is this is the chorus, not the verse. Oh. I can't seem to find the root. Again, no one with perfect pitch listens to the show, so you're fine. No, here, listen. But I'm doing the free falling, free falling, right? Yeah. Maybe that's it. I always play it as like D and then D with some extra crap added and then like. Maybe. Well, I mean, you'll you'll find YouTube videos where somebody will admit, especially on piano. That, you know, different keys sound different. Mm-hmm. D minor is the saddest of all keys. But, uh, but you know, if you know the three chords, that's all you need to know, John. Don't, don't, uh, don't problematize it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Anyway, those are good songs. Those are good songs. Um, now, see all of the... Oh, oh, and so the other point being, I also say learn Spanish. There's a word we don't use anymore. That, that a long time ago, John Roderick and I agreed, uh, it's an adjective that describes the sort of person for whom guitar is well-suited. <clears throat> a long time ago, we said this. It's not for, the, it's not for the, the, necessarily the best and brightest amongst us. Guitar is very easy to learn. And that's why I said you should learn Spanish. Because in, in Spanish, the beauty part is everything's always pronounced the same. And if it's not pronounced the same, it gets a little, little squiggle over it. I'm going to have to find you some uh, YouTube videos that uh, will make you doubt that. A-A-E-O-U. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do the Ascento because you haven't earned it, baby. <laughs> okay, so I, I sent French. you a photo of Lid Liquor. And uh, what do you want to talk about? We still got, what, probably a couple more hours. Let's keep going. Yeah, no, I uh, think we should have one more thing that I want to touch on today, uh, which you'll probably dismiss quickly, but it's here because you mentioned it. And when you mentioned, I read it down. No, it's fine. I, I'm going to need to pull up the laptop to figure out what. If so even try to, please bring it up, please. This this is because I believe this is what comes out of our super secret private text channel. No, you talked about this on some other one of your podcasts. You said oh. that you had been looking into using Swift UI. 
I texted you about it. You said you're my computer mommy, remember? No, you texted me about... What did you text you me about? You did that. You texted me about how to play multi-channel audio. <clears throat> you didn't text me about SwiftUI at all. Okay, I will take that as your assent to do the thing I'm never supposed to do, which is quote what you said in a text thread, and I'm going to say it now. There's my King Crimson. Uh, I said, uh, I said, I says to you, I says, what format could I... Okay, so what I was going to do is I want to rip my... Go ahead. I want to... I wanted to rip my new King Crimson Blu-ray into something where I could enjoy it with spatial audio on my um, my my beta. Oh, I see. Up. You mentioned the Swift UI after my replies. I get it. Well, yeah. Well, now you're trying to gaslight the listener. I which just, is, I'm going to the scroll back. I found I said, it. What, there it is. what you you scroll back? What format could I do? And by the way, get your scrolling straightened out. You and Mark need to just join us in the 16th century. Just man up and learn the or person up, but you know, human up. And learn how to scroll like a person. I use a mouse, like a civilized well, I person. I have to change. I'm okay with the way I like it. No, I'm forced to change. Guys, <laughs> you're so do insufferable. You, do you use uh, terrible scrolling with a mouse wheel? You don't use a mouse I use the you? normal scrolling that was provided to me. Yes, that's that's true. <laughs> natural scrolling with your natural peanut butter and your natural childbirth? <clears throat> I said, what format could I do that in uh, that would play nice with Apple Music and still has the surround thing? I said, I don't think it does FLAC or DTS. It uh, turns out it ha- can handle FLAC. I don't think it does DTS. I said, actually, never mind. It's a dumb question. And you're not my mom or my monkey. And then you said, I am your digital mom and or wire monkey mom. Choose your own joke. Now, I don't even know what you're doing there. There's definitely Those are some two ha- good jokes. Oh, I couldn't decide which one to Are you go talking with? about like, I'd rather hug a pillow than a wire monkey with milk? Yeah, so that's the second joke. Yes. Yeah. So okay. well, the first one is digital mom. Me saying, yes, I am your mom in the digital realm. And, and but I, the other joke that's also good is wire it's monkey. Zeros mom, and ones with you. Yeah. The, with the with the the experiment where there was one like they'd scare the baby monkey and there was one monkey that was fuzzy. I know it's got a towel or a titty. Towel or right, titty. And the, and the one monkey was made of wire. That's the wire monkey. Wire monkey. That's a good joke. That's a pretty good joke. Because I'm, yeah. I'm definitely your wire I monkey. I don't love the execution. I mean, I, I would just I like know, to see one, commit a, one I, really I, nice hat instead two, of two cheap hats. I'm two cheap hats two, is not a nice no, hat. No, they're two really nice hats, and I'm letting well, you choose amongst them. But you only have one head, you behind the curtain. And just, pick. no, there's not even a curtain. I mean, I'm not going to pay attention to the man behind the two hats is what I'm going to not do. And so I said... <laughs> I can't stay in the pit. This is funny. Unfortunately, you said, I know nothing about Apple spatial audio. I said, I still haven't even listened to it. What? Listen to what? Spatial audio stuff. Other than, I mean, I did it before the whole like multi-channel audio, but all Uh the new stuff they released in Apple music, I've not listened to Eh, any of it. You're good. Careful what you offer. I said, I started trying to use Swift UI last night. Um, So is that what we're talking about? Yes. Yeah. I kept hearing about this. I don't, any, I, I, um, Gosh, I have so many, so many uh, pointless little threads of things together together here. And some of it I think I got from your popular program. Um, what is it? Somebody said this recently on another show, maybe on – it must have been Upgrade. Like as soon as – so you watch these WWDC sessions and they're really – some of them are really – I mean some of them are useful even to people like me who's not in any stretch of the imagination a developer. Um, but I think it was maybe Jason or Mike who said – as soon as they start talking about the code, you know, you can just close it and like go look at something else. But inspired by that episode of Upgrade, I did go and grab a few WWDCs from this year because it sounded like the demo of the sound recognition thing. Like it sounded like that had come a long way from last time around. And indeed, the demo that guy does of like, this is water sloshing around and this is liquid sloshing around in glass. This is liquid being poured. This is liquid dripping. Like all that kind of stuff was amazing. Um, and then, so the dude in that demo was, and you saw it, right? You've seen that one? I it's haven't really seen good. that session. I know which one you're talking about though. 
Well, <clears throat> I mean, okay, so can we just get it out of the way and just stipulate that I'm dumb and like don't know how to do stuff? But like, I was like, oh, this looks really interesting. I've got Xcode on my machine because it's what I used to put the beta on my old Apple TV. But <clears throat> I don't know the first thing about doing anything. I mean, I know Marco had a Marco had a podcast named after a menu item. Like that's what I pretty much know about Xcode. Like, no, mostly seriously. I'm, I'm trying to entertain our listeners, but mostly I really don't have any idea what I'm doing. But, and this guy said, okay, here's what I did. I did this little, like, uh, you might've even called it like a proof of concept, but basically I've got this Apple shortcut that utilizes this thing I made in Swift UI, blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's, what's going to enable me to like do this thing. So anyway, it's a really good, I'll try to find it for notes. And, um, but the session basically shows the, there's over 300 labeled sounds that machine learning has learned to identify. So like you might've seen this, like when I saw this last year and it was like, is there a baby crying? Is there a dog barking? Well, it's gotten a lot further than that. And there's a lot that's not exposed. Well, especially obviously last year, but anyway, I thought that's, you know what? Swift UI, I keep hearing about Swift UI, Swift UI, everybody's talking about Swift UI. There's things you can make with Swift UI. I heard uh, David underscore Smith uh, talk about, talk about uh, what did he use Swift UI for, for his uh, 100 million. Everything on the watch. Right, right. Boy, when he when he drops that number about whatever it is, a hundred million, hundred million photo widgets, then your stomach stomach sink when he said that. Did you hear that episode of Under the Radar? I don't think so. He's talking about basically. He goes to Marco. He's like, I'm at this point where I've got to like decide whether to do something that might be really a terrible idea. Long story short, David wanted to have a way to be able to like zoom in on photos inside of widgets, and and he realized the way he could do it, and da 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 da. And then before he implemented this admittedly sort of crazy idea, just for his own reference, he went to look up, and I, th- I think it's at least dozens of millions of widgets featuring photos that might break if this new method got screwed up. Anyway, no spoilers. It's a very good episode. But he mentioned SwiftUI. People talk about SwiftUI. And I thought, I wonder what SwiftUI is. I don't even really exactly understand what it is. I did open up Xcode. I did try to follow along. I did my classic sort of, here's Dan Benjamin showing you how to install MySQL on a Mac, kind of like copy and paste sort of stuff. I got really lost really fast. But in my half hour with uh, SwiftUI, I did not make anything substantial. Were you following along with it? It doesn't mean I'm off it. I, I would still, it sounds like there are intriguing things to do. Given the fact, though, as I think you described this really well a few months ago, that the sort of person who learns you know, coding starting with page one and works the way up versus somebody who just wants to accomplish a thing. Top, what you call it? Top, bottom up versus top down. And I'm very mm-hmm. top down. So, if, but if I had a project that where would be beneficial for me to like get some functional spackle between shortcuts and other things, I don't know. I would be open to the idea. You could even make it a challenge for our show. Uh, something where it'd be fun to make something in Swift UI. You should actually do that as a challenge on Do by Friday because both you and oh, Alex you mean, would, uh, would enjoy. We that. do topics. We do topics on Do yeah, by Friday, but. Uh, yeah, that was my, the extent of it. What Did you use it for anything? I, mean, I don't even exactly understand what it's for. How does it differ from regular? So you used to have Objective-C, and then came Swift, and there's Swift UI. Swift UI is also what runs on the iPad now, right? Or what you can develop with on the iPad? Were you following a tutorial when you were like doing, like you mentioned Dan Benjamin's thing. Did you have the equivalent of that? Like you were following along with I the mean, thing? I mean, I was following what this guy had up on the screen. Oh, in a WWDC video? But I couldn't video? even make all my letters turn the right color. In a WWDC video, you mean? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not yeah. a tutorial in any conventional sense. Yeah, that's tough because in WWDC videos, they're they're absolutely not tutorials. Like they're not telling you how to. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I but like you know, I, I, there was no cost associated with yeah. me just opening it up and playing with it. And I, mean, I think did you because they don't show you that part in WWDC video, but so you you're an exode. You go to new project and then you're presented with this dialog box with a thousand choices of like what the hell kind of project do I want? Do you remember what you picked there? Uh, I want to say I want to say app. But hey, let me get my laptop. I can open it. You stand by one quick second. Mm-hmm. Okay, hang on. This is trip number two for this episode. For those keeping track, trip number two. Ah, uh, I might be confusing this with an automator or other shortcut thing because I want to say I picked app, but I'm not sure. Oh, these new wallpapers are pretty. Oh, I like these new cartoony wallpapers. Okay, I'm clicking. I'm opening. Everybody, stand back. Merlin's opening Xcode. Oh boy. Xcode beta, and let's see what I got here. I'm going to go to file and go to new project. Okay. Oh, look at that. I was reading about the Mandinka people. I started watching Roots again last night. Oh, wait. Here it is. Wait. Sandwiches. No, this might have been the one where I was doing... No, this was where I was doing the um, uh, prototyping a simple app for tracking your sandwiches. <laughs> was this one. That was a good... That one, actually, you actually could do... Oh, I got a struct. I got a struct. I got an import. I have a t- test iOS. I, I have macOS tests. Don't I, got, opening, I got a lot of code. Don't open existing project. Go to new project because it will look familiar to you and then you can remember what you did. File. New. I'm clicking. See all this horizontal scrolling. I know. Dot, dot, dot. I'm opening. And yeah, app. It was definitely app when I made right, the sandwich. Well, so before the sandwich you look at app, notice okay. the top line it says multi platform iOS, macOS, watchOS, tvOS, yep. other. Yes. Did you touch that line or did you just leave it on whatever it was set to? <laughs> I left it on multi-platform. And that's probably why I didn't get the little pretty iPhone on the right. And like then you picked app. app. Yeah. Right. And then you typed a bunch of crap. And then you got to the Yeah, app. I mean, I typed, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if you do multi, yeah. All right, anyway, it's giving you a Swift UI thing. And then it's part of well, Xcode. Okay, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me go back. I'm confusing so many different things because it's what I do. I only woke up like an hour and 35 minutes ago. Um, what I did was, the interest in seeing what the guy did with shortcuts and Swift UI, I then says to myself, I says, when did Swift UI came out? Because maybe I should go back and see if there's a, as you say, Dob Dob session on that. And that's what I went back to. That's where the sandwich app came from, is because that's when they're, I guess, from last year showing how Swift UI works, which again, not a tutorial. Yeah. But that's how I ended up making the sandwich app. And, I mean, and I learned how to make the labels go next to things. And I learned how to, I did, uh, I learned how to factor. To say, like, put these things together. It's a neat app. Yeah, and what you get, you know, even if you just do a new project, what you get is a little thing that has the little code on the left and it has the little preview on the right, right? Yes, correct. And if you hit the little resume button on the preview, it'll build your thing and you'll see, right. like, it starts off with a hello world, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, so there. That's, you're doing Swift UI. That's it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The, let me show you. I'll see if I can find it. I need to resume. And he explains why that is. There's some things, I guess, predictably that are different from last year. And then I go to product and I say, how do I make it rebuild in there? I go to something here. Oh, it doesn't matter. This is, this is, oh wait, there it is. Okay. Okay. Here's my, um, here's my thing. You can see that I, uh, I, I typed. Yeah. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to run this through that GitHub thing and have it give me <laughs> suggestions. Did you send this you know? to me? I don't see anything. No, I'm just, I'm still clicking, John. I'm on two computers right, here. Right, yeah. You know, I had ramen earlier. God, the show is so good for a while, and I feel like we've really, we've really lost it. I think I really dragged this down, didn't I? Oh, Got it here, I'm clicking, I'm clicking. No, 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 I want to learn more about this. Tell me what's with you. Oh, wait, so are you still making a point? 
It's okay. No, I'm just waiting to see the image what? that you're going to send me. What? Oh, it's not that interesting. Would it be what, what would be a fun thing for me to noodle with in here? Knowing what what I obsess over and stuff like that. Is there a thing that I could play with that would be like a fun thing? I mean, I feel like uh, the first thing for you to play with, and you probably don't even need a tutorial with it, is in the state that you got the new project in, with mm-hmm. the little preview pane on the right side running and showing probably like a little iPhone or whatever you have it set up to show uh, yeah. with the Hello World in it or whatever. You mm-hmm. can just edit the text in the left side and yes. kind of like editing an HTML page live in BB Edit or whatever, you can watch the right size change as you change what's on the left side. I did that. So look at look at how I follow what the man said. You could say I didn't get very far, but I did what the man said, and I made an image go a fake image go next to a thing, right? And I and I made I spelled ingredients wrong, but that's like a fix that in post. But yeah, you can see I said it's below the picture of a lid liquor. Uh, is it though? I don't because I have nothing. I, oh, which one are you? There's you. Anyway, I think I sent did it. You send I don't it know if wife? I'm on the internet. I might have. You know, I'm trying to. I now open new windows like Eudora style. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'll send it to the other one. Let's see if my handoff is working. Um, anyways, so what do you make? What do you make with this? What I would suggest for you is just to mess with the stuff on the left side because you will see your changes in real time on the right side, which is one of the features of Swift UI that people find nice that you don't have to like change your code and then like do a build process and launch right. an app and look at right, it. You right, can just right. while you're typing on the left, see your changes reflected on the right, which is a Great shortening of the code build debug cycle. This is further from the metal, as you say, than Swift regular. This Swift is more is the, abstracted. No, you're, you're writing Swift. This is Swift you're writing. Swift is the language. And oh. Swift UI is the framework for making UI using the Swift language. Everything you see in your left-hand okay. pane is the Swift programming language. Well, knowing, and, and so I can, I can help us avoid a lot of completely unnecessary, unless you find it to be necessary, completely unnecessary bickering by saying like, no, I don't want to learn to code. I, I mean, I, I would like to know a little bit conceptually about how things work, but I don't see myself like wanting to take a multi-part class on this, unless I end up wanting to, but I don't really have a place for that. But it does really feel like I, I wouldn't mind getting up to like, and this is not a slight at all, but getting to like Jason Snell level, I would love to be able to do my own Apple script, you know, automator things like the way he does bash scripts. Like Jason is very admirable to me as a, as an automation scripting person. As a non-programmer who programs. Well, yeah, but I mean, he scratches his own itch all the time and then knows how to hook it to other things. I mean, maybe above all else, you could become extremely good at this one you know, language or whatever. But like, if you don't have a way of placing that into the real world for yourself, I mean, I guess that could be good for a job, but it seems like a really interesting time to learn what you can do with something and how to hook it up with something else in the Apple world right now. I mean, arguably now more than ever, as they say, honestly, like shortcuts on a Mac, like so far so good. Um, and I, I should, I should, I could pull out my bash book. I don't want to learn a million things at once, but I, I thought this was intriguing. And I like the sessions. I think the thing that you could find useful and fun to play with in Swift UI is you'll be familiar with it from your, you know, HTML cold fusion days is that Swift UI, it tries mightily to be declarative just like HTML is. So you, instead of writing an instruction to make a P tag, you just make a P tag and you put text between it. So instead of okay. writing some instruction to make text, you just do text oh, and then so it doesn't need world. to be compiled. Right. No, it, it's it's declaring what it is instead of it's, it's it's nouns instead of verbs, right? So you make HTML tags mm-hmm. and they're like little little nouns instead of instead of being imperative, like now start a paragraph, now do this, now stop a paragraph. It's just saying here's a paragraph, right? Okay. And so all these little things in Swift UI where you can write text and image and padding or whatever you try, you're just sort of describing the the scene, right? 
you're saying there's some text here and it's got this amount of padding on it and it's centered and then there's a box around it that's blue and then after that comes an image and you're just trying to sort of, you know, from top to bottom saying here is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. And what it actually turns this into is rather than turning it into code that executes, it turns it into data, right? If you can think of a difference between like a series of instructions and just like a text file, like, you know, it's data driven, right? It actually turns this into data, just a structure, like XML, JSON or whatever. like, Like JSON? Yeah, well, I mean, but it's, it's like structured same, data. It's the same thing. It's just like literally just a structure. It is not executable code. It is just a description of stuff, right? You know, hmm. and then so something like else. a punch card in that sense, right? And something else reads that description and says, oh, so you've got some text and then you've got an image okay. and that image is this wide. And something else right. reads that. It's, it is inert. It is essentially data describing the scene. And then a, an executing engine reads that data as its input, like, like a punch card or anything like that and says, okay, well, here's... Well, the punch card's bad because those are verbs. But anyway, um, what it lets you do is write something that looks a lot like HTML. You should look at one of the WDC demos that shows, hey, what if I wanted to make use SwiftUI to make HTML or use the same technology as SwiftUI to make HTML? You could make a little P mm-hmm. function and then, uh, you know, HR function and a BR function. And like you could write, <laughs> you could essentially write it's HTML. Like a lipstick on a pick. Right. And so, well, instead of yeah. having angle brackets, you could sort of build an H. Lots of languages have these sort of things. So this SwiftUI uses a sort of declarative, you know, domain specific programming language extension to Swift. So let's do this. Well, at least so far, there's a lot about this that's very intuitive. Like when he explains in this Notional Sandwiches app, when he's explaining like how to do this now, wrap this in that. And it's like, oh, like there's a lot of this that's yeah, it looks it's like not HTML. Like, you, like it's nest, it nest, I mean, it nests differently because it's not angle brackets, but but you kind of, but you get it that like, okay, this, and then you can see the little modifiers with the dot chaining where you're like, okay, but here's this thing I'm going to tell you about. It has this much padding, it's centered, it's size this big, you know, it, it makes sense. It's a different syntax than HTML, but if you know HTML and you see this, you're like, oh, I get it. It's kind of Mm-hmm. They're both HTML and this are both declarative. All right, declarative. I like it. All right, well, I'll return to this. I'll figure out something. Yeah, so it's a fun thing to play with because you get instant gratification. You type on the left and you see it on the right. And it works. Let me understand this. You could do this. Is this this is different than Swift Playgrounds though? There, there Swift is. Play, you can do this in Swift Playgrounds. Swift Playgrounds. Think of Swift Playgrounds as like. What's a, different this year on iPad, John? What's different about the iPad being able to do what that it could do last year? Oh, I, I watch the watch I meant. Uh, with uh, uh, it used to be that to put any kind of program on the watch, you had to use this awful framework that was in- extremely limited, and then they let you okay. use Swift UI on the watch. Oh, and Swift I see. UI is much I more flexible. I thought there was a big change they announced at WWDC where Swift UI was going to be super. You could make apps now on iPad, kind of. No, you could always make Swift UI apps on iPad. That hmm. when you do multi-platform, you can make a Swift UI app, the same app that runs on. Yeah, I sit. On, I sit here. I get all high and mighty. I make fun of uh, JCR, JC, JVC, JVC Lid Licker. Mm-hmm. But you know that guy. That guy was an OG uh, of, of the B. He realized that com- computers weren't just large calculators. No, that's too. That's that's too grammatically correct for what it actually said on the page. I'm sorry. They could be used to answer science questions. I think that was that's what they call the no, lid liquor innovation. It was, it was worse than that. Now I have to bring it up again because I'm upset that I forgot it already. It's like trying to sing badly. It's hard. No, I find that really easy. Oh. Uh, he was the first to believe that computers could be used for more than just large calculators. Computers could be used for more than just large calculators. Plural. 